you've been lost in the woods for hours now, stumbling around in the dark. You come around the bend and see two people roasting marshmallows over a roaring fire. They see you coming into the clearing and gesture over to pull up a log. Welcome to Campfire Ashes. I'm Paul. And I'm Jess. Join us as we tell each other our originally written spooky stories around the campfire and then dive into the lore and legends that inspired them. Is it something that goes bump in the night? Is it something menacing lurking past the tree line? Or is it just weird and otherworldly? You'll find it here on Campfire Ashes. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, or right here on the Geekscape Network. Meanwhile, in New Jersey... So, Marissa, what talking points do you want to hit on in this week's episode? Well, Jackie, let's talk about how the film addresses the patriarchy. Ooh, and representation of marginalized people. Ooh, ooh, and even philosophical ramifications of good versus evil in horror. We can point out the triangle boobs, talk about the blood splatter, and, oh, the practical effects. Um, and also the male gaze? My gaze at the males. hi From feminism to fangirling, the Jersey Ghouls cover all the bases of horror from a woman's perspective. New episodes are uploaded every other Sunday. Just search Jersey Ghouls to find us on social media and your favorite podcasting app. question your dad sucks school sucks you're kind of a little bitch and someone's offering you immortality in an underworld playground do you take it fuck no because then you'd have to put up with howie mandel for all eternity this week we watch little monsters for our halloween special so join us on the road to nowhere when we listen to the sweet sounds of breaking glass on horror movie night (laughs) So, so this was emailed to us actually as a suggestion for January. But as we were trying to figure out, and it was a huge debate. This was the, probably the most we've debated over what the Halloween episode should be. Um, that email just kind of plopped in our laps and we said, Oh wait, what, why, why don't we just do little monsters? Um, yeah. I remember coming, like looking at the Trello and it being like little monsters. And I was like, when did we decide that? You're like, oh, well we, we got an email. I was like, if somebody had just suggested little monsters from the start, I would have been great. I absolutely would have voted for that. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure I want to look to be 100%, but I think this was our good friend, JR. Nice. Yeah. Good job, it, Joe. Yep. It was Joe. Uh, so thank you, Joe. For, for this suggestion, you really you really saved our heinies on this one. Um, so I currently have Little Monsters on in the background right now, but I've watched this movie so many times that I this is going to be a little rocky on my end because I don't have notes for the first time in a really long time. But I think we'll be good. The concept behind the movie involves both of the Savage brothers uh, – and they are 
Moving to a new town, their dad's Daniel Stern, which really ties the whole Wonder Years thing together. Um, and and uh, Fred Savage is the older brother, Brian. He's having trouble making friends. He keeps getting yelled at about a bunch of stuff that he's pretty sure his brother Eric's been doing. So when he confronts Eric, Eric says, it's the monster under my bed. And Brian agrees to spend the night under the bed to prove – or spend – the night in Eric's bed to prove that there's no monster under there. And that's when he meets Beetlejuice. I mean, Maurice, Howie Mandel's best attempt at being Beetlejuice for over an hour. Um, he has he, fucking nothing on Michael Keaton. <laughs> not, not at all. Um, and then it gets really fucking weird and dark for a kid's movie from that point on. Um, there, I, and for all that, there's a lot of bad things in Little Monsters. We'll start there. But I will say one of the good things about Little Monsters is it reminds me that in the 80s, they weren't afraid to make kids movies where there was like some terrifying stakes at hand throughout the film. So yeah, kudos to this on that, at least. Uh, Becoming an underground monster child who has to uh, teetotal to an, a fascist overlord monster dictator. Yeah, I mean, the boy is kind of freaky. <laughs> yeah, the best part about the boy is absolutely when his face gets peeled off. Oh, yeah. But he was freaky just in his mannerisms and like the way he held himself before his face ever even melted off. That was a creepy motherfucker. And he acted so, like, robotic. He always had these, like, hand movements with everything that he was saying. They had to have hand movements with it. And it was always weird. <laughs> He's very unsettling. Um, you know, as an adult, the thing that bothers me the most about this film is that the boy never grabs his uh, Gibson SG and starts playing Thunderstruck. <laughs> <laughs> um, this movie probably... I would have to say in the grand scheme of movies that had a moment that scared the fucking shit out of me, this is in the top five for sure. Um, for the scene in which the boy's henchman rips a child's head off and throws it into a basket and replaces it with a doll's head. Oh, yeah. That was I remember just being like, ah! like I didn't I didn't finish this movie for like 10 years. Like I shut it off at that point and it wasn't until I was in like high school that I was like, I wonder how little monsters ends. Like And you weren't missing much, bud. No, no. Um God I, So I have the TV muted with subtitles and just watching Howie Mandel's overacting mannerisms with every single statement that he makes is fucking obnoxious. It's the worst part yeah, of the movie. Is... I mean, I love the movie. I love the concept. I love the set design that they do in the underworld. I love all the creature designs that they do. Howie Mandel makes this movie hard to sit through because he's so yeah. over fucking doing it, trying so hard. Well, yeah. I think a lot of it is the cocaine that he used in this movie. <laughs> Isn't he, he would never put cocaine in that nose. That nose was his gold mind that he used to inflate gloves over his head. Also, he is a giant his gold mind. I feel like he would have a problem with, like, just one person along the line would have had to tell him, like, oh, that might have been inside somebody when it was crossing the border. And he's like, yeah, no, I want nothing to do with that. <laughs> um, there's a really weird 
subtle masturbation joke in this movie? Did you guys catch that one? Remind me. I probably didn't take a note of it. They're they're terrorizing a house, and it's like super subtle. But Howie Mandel's hand turns into a dog, and he goes, "Man's best friend, his right hand." <laughs> I was like, yes. "Oh." <laughs> Wait, I, I have that note. Yeah, I have that note. Too. <laughs> um, so, so there are so many inappropriate comments that the monsters make in this. Uh, let me just kind of like scan through my notes here. So, at one point, um, the the, the uh, oh my god! Oh, I know why this movie does it for you though, uh, because this movie is basically like. The, the manic depresso uh music video but for an hour and a half oh yeah <laughs> now as i'm watching it i'm like man this looks familiar and i couldn't put my finger on it and you just reminded me are you serious you couldn't figure that out on your own i'm actually shocked well i'm watching while listening to you guys talk <laughs> oh that's true so uh, th- there's also a part where this um this preteen female monster tells fred savage he has a nice ass so weird <laughs> So fucking weird. Um, you know, and then there's like the whole drinking the piss and eating cat food part really disturbed me as a child. Um, I just, that is kind of always been my takeaway from Little Monsters. And I, it kind of ruined apple juice for me. I'm not going to lie. And I'm not even being, I'm not even being ridiculous about my assumption or my my explanation here of why I don't drink apple juice. Like I was obsessed with apple juice as a child. And then I saw little monsters and it became acrid and gross to me. Yeah. I can't it's, it's say a, I blame you. Cause that scene is fucking, that scene's kind of hard to watch. Yeah. There's the, a lot of stuff that involves Howie Mandel's penis in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, he needed to put it in something. Um, that's not what Fred this, <laughs> Uh, yeah, this movie's just, it's so weird. It it feels like it doesn't know who the audience is directly for, so it's trying to play both, but, like, like, I just think of all of the other people. If literally any other person was in this movie as Maurice, it would be so much better. Or if he just toned it down from fucking 13 back down to maybe 8. Like if he just played Maurice as this, like, if he played Maurice as um, oh, fuck, as a Rudy. If he played Maurice as Rudy from fucking Monster Squad as just this cool leather jacket wearing motherfucker, that'd be great. But he had to be—he's like carrot top. He's like a bald blue carrot top. He's just fucking. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Look at all these props I have. <laughs> hey, you know who would have been great in this? Carrot top. But Bobcat Goldthwait. Oh my god. Uh, no. <laughs> the, well, okay, so we get a lot of dick jokes, we get a lot of this and that, a lot of like adult humor, and we get a lot of like swearing too. He's constantly saying shit and like ass, goddammit, stuff like that. Which I mean, this was before PG thirteen, because this is a PG thirteen movie, at least by Canadian standards. It is PG thirteen. It it is it is PG thirteen it, it would have been after PG thirteen. PG thirteen came out in eighty six. Yeah. Yeah, eighty five, eighty six. But, but this is before PG thirteen became you know ten and under. 
it was actually like oh yeah 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 no yes this was when you could have tits in a pg-13 movie yeah precisely so we get a lot of swearing we get a lot of violence we get a lot of we get this crazy face melting monster at the end of the movie which is pretty dope but they're just they're not doing it right like something feels off about this like i feel like if you had taken this movie and made it like just for adults where like this little kid gets thrown into this crazy fucking monster world where these monsters just party their asses off and torture children in the real world all night you'd have pretty dope fucking movie <laughs> with bob kekothley <laughs> yeah so uh, i have a very succinct way of explaining this film you ready it's a, a PG thirteen Nightbreed. That's what this. Yeah, is. it is. That is exactly what it is. It's it's so, know what uh, it know what it's really reminiscent of too. Actually, like it's very clear that this movie was trying to cash in on Beetlejuice, which is also crazy to think that Beetlejuice was PG and this was PG thirteen when Beetlejuice feels way more for adults than fucking this movie. But um, it feels. Like, not only were they trying to cash in on the movie Beetlejuice, but also that the cartoon series was popular enough at this point that they were like, well, Lydia hangs out with Beetlejuice in the underworld all the fucking time. Let's just make a movie about it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, um, th- there's... Uh, th- so, if we're talking about product placement here, E.T. had Reese's Pieces, Little Monsters had Doritos. It's It's just such blatant product placement that this this movie is okay if beetlejuice is like a good classic somewhat child-friendly horror flick this movie is like that movie's edgy 4chan brother because it's trying real hard and it's swearing a lot more but it just doesn't fit in it doesn't fit in and it doesn't feel nearly as authentic. Like, Beetlejuice was exactly what Beetlejuice needed to be as a movie. Um, yeah, I think a lot of it had to do with the uh, the costume construction, really. Yeah. So, there's a scene in this movie that has always stuck out in my memory banks. Because it was definitely one of those, like, how fucking cool would that be as a kid moments? And I'm not sure if either one of you has ever gone to a Renaissance fair before. But they actually have sort of incorporated it into Ren fairs and it's the baseball where you try to break things of glass. I just want to say uh, for the record. You know what that's from though? That's from fucking I, Hook. I yeah. I love, I love the sound of breaking glass. That song is fucking dope. And I, I only know that song because of this movie. So if I, if I get one thing from this movie, it's that song, which I actually legitimately love. It's on my, like it's, it's in my music. But yeah, this movie, this was like one of those movies that I I have in my DVD collection, and it was like a, it was Halloween walking around Best Buy where they have all of those movies that are like sort of kids movies for Halloween in like a three dollar bin, and it was almost like a blind buy because I hadn't seen it in so long, and for whatever reason it constantly comes up as a movie that I end up watching usually not because I say hey let me watch Little Monsters. But like people will be hanging out and they're looking for a movie to watch and they're like, holy shit, Little Monsters. I haven't seen this in forever. And I don't think we've ever gotten through the whole movie. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> yeah, it's it's one of those movies that the nostalgia is super high, but it's not really wa- it's not watchable. Yeah, not not even a little bit. Watch it as a child, you're like, damn, this would be fucking awesome. Like, I would totally go and do this. And I mean, still to this day, if I can be an immortal monster man in this awesome underworld, <laughs> fuck yeah, I'd do it. But you watch it as an adult, and you're like, Howie Mandel, shut the fuck up, god damn it. <laughs> I throw a used car um, at you if you do not shut the fuck up, Howie Mandel. I'm also a big fan of, uh, as I scratch my head, uh, I'm a big fan of the way that they present the um, the way that monsters react to sunlight. Because uh, it's fairly, again, like, fairly horrific <laughs> compared to, like... Yeah, as a kid, yeah. scare the shit out of me. Oh, let's um, talk about this scene. Especially when you realize... Let's talk about the scene where fucking... He's, he's melting and dying in Fred Savage's room. And he's like, I'm dying, Brian. You gotta save me, Brian. And Brian's like, no way, man. You wrecked my bike. <laughs> like, you <laughs> Hey, man. Kids have a fucked up sense of justice. <laughs> that was a pretty sweet bike, though. I mean, in, in his defense here. Um, but yeah, this movie's just like every time I look at my TV screen, I'm like, what is he doing now? Like, he's just like, never, there is not a moment that he is standing still. There's not a second that he's not like hands flailing, like, oh my God. And then we're going to go do this. Oh my, and then we're going to, oh, but no, yo, come down here. Oh my God. Like, it's just like the most excited person you've ever met times There's 10 where they walk into the arcade and yeah. like he's like playing the pinball machine and blah blah blah. there's no tilt but when you when you when he, they first enter that room howie mandela goes like running amongst people in the crowd and he smashes some dude that's sitting at a pinball machine he like hits him nuts first into the pinball machine and the guy doesn't react because, you know, it's a movie. But it's like, he really, he like hip checked that guy because he's just flailing around all over the place. You know who he is in this movie? He's, every, every person knows one of these people. He's that guy who's convinced everybody loves him when no one ever wants him at the party that just is like convinced he's the life of the party. Like, that's him this entire movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that, Howie Mandel. I don't know. Do you- so you guys got anything else you want to say about Little Monsters, or do we want to talk about our Halloween yeah, plans? I, say, I don't know that there's a whole lot else to say about this movie, except for... <laughs> you guys are missing the biggest part of this movie. Right? All right. All right. So there's a part where it's the night, the first night that Fred Savage goes down on Howie Mandel, uh, and what? they're... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, the uh, they're down checking out all the food, and they go to I want to say it's an ice cream place or something like that. And High Mandel goes, "It's every flavor you've ever flaved." Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's that, there's a weird like Willy Wonka uh, aspect to this movie too. I feel like uh, Scott, oh, yeah. you're absolutely right, Scott. That's the most important part of this movie because he says. Flav and flavor in the same sentence. So absolutely, yeah, I forgot about that. I just flavor, 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 man. <laughs>
All right. So, what are you guys planning to do this Halloween? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> How loud did that sound? I love the sound of breaking glass. <laughs> that was a DVD falling off of a chair. <laughs> um, You've been lost in the woods for hours now, stumbling around in the dark. You come around the bend and see two people roasting marshmallows over a roaring fire. They see you coming into the clearing and gesture over to pull up a log. Welcome to Campfire Ashes. I'm Paul. And I'm Jess. Join us as we tell each other our originally written spooky stories around the campfire and then dive into the lore and legends that inspired them. Is it something that goes bump in the night? Is it something menacing lurking past the tree line? Or is it just weird and otherworldly? You'll find it here on Campfire Ashes. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, or right here on the Geekscape Network. Meanwhile, in New Jersey... So, Marissa, what talking points do you want to hit on in this week's episode? Well, Jackie, let's talk about how the film addresses the patriarchy. Ooh, and representation of marginalized people. Ooh, ooh, and even philosophical ramifications of good versus evil in horror. We can point out the triangle boobs, talk about the blood splatter, and, oh, the practical effects. Um... And also the male gaze. My gaze at the males. Hi-o! From feminism to fangirling, the Jersey Ghouls cover all the bases of horror from a woman's perspective. New episodes are uploaded every other Sunday. Just search Jersey Ghouls to find us on social media and your favorite podcasting app. So instead of doing the what did we watch this week, uh, because I can speak for at least Adam, uh, I'm I'm getting burnt out on things to talk about. Let's talk about two things. It's two questions. It's the two questions we pretty much ask each other every Halloween season. Uh, question number one is, what do you think you're going to be for Halloween this year? And question number two is, what is at least one film that you need to make sure you watch this Halloween? Um, so as far as watching goes, I think I'm going to make it a tradition to watch Phantom. Um, Phantom of the Paradise. Just because I we were ha- we had a thread in the Facebook not too long ago about what our our go to music for Halloween is, and somebody was talking about soundtracks, and I was like, oh god damn it! Like I mean, what is the best horror soundtrack? It's fucking Phantom of the Paradise, one hundred percent. So I'm gonna make it my my new tradition to watch Phantom of the Paradise every year. As far what was the first question? Costume? Yeah. Um, I have I, I'm not hundred percent sure what costumes gonna be yet. Um, I don't know. I'm sure that pictures... pictures Probably beef. Yeah, just be beef again. Yeah, I mean, I'm such a piss-poor beef. Beef last... Or the other year, so I might have to uh, redo that and, and really, really spice it up a bit. You know, really bring in the tension. <laughs> you also need a gold glitter guitar. Yeah, okay, I can do that. You don't need to know how to play it, just have it. Uh, how about you, Scotty boy? All right, or does so, wait, wait? As, the question is, what are you going to be for Halloween? Is it possible that Scotty doesn't know? But seriously, Megan and I are yeah. Megan and I are going to go as Mary Poppins and Paul. The chimney sweep. Oh, nice. Uh, so, well, la- last year we were Star Wars characters, and the year before that we were 
monster or horror characters and the year before that i think we're horror characters so i feel like i kind of owe it to her to do something not scary we're also trying to win a costume contest and it's a lot easier to 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 win a costume contest if it's something interesting as a couple and not just spooky because if you can say it in two words instead of 10 you're more likely to win but i'm going to do a backup costume because beyond the charity ball that we're going to we're going which is the one with the costume contest we're going to go to a good amount of, of uh, Halloween parties, and uh, there there's two weekends worth of Halloween parties uh, by the time this comes out. I'm assuming one of those weekends will be done, but I think that first weekend, I'm going to do something scary. So, not sure. Thinking maybe werewolf. All right. Uh, also, in case, been a while. in case anyone asks you at that charity event thing... Uh, the character's name is Bert, not Paul. So make sure that you know what character you're playing. Oh no, no, no! Me- Megan would tell me that it was Bert. Sorry, I just got it wrong because I, I you know, nobody gives a fuck about his name. They just care about. Uh, disagree. Dick Van Dyke is the only reason to watch the movie Mary Poppins well, as an adult. A little preview of your. Uh, this is absolutely an episode that I won't let Megan listen. Sweep impression. <laughs> just me doing shitty Cockney. Yeah, episode. let's hear it. <laughs> I don't, I don't know, man. I haven't practiced. Um, maybe you can, maybe I can like practice up for a couple of days and then you can just scoot in a little like bumper of me. doing. Wait, you can't even do like a little bit of like, it's a jolly holiday with Mary. No guys, Dick Van Dyke isn't here. That's me. That was all me. Right just now. <laughs> I know you got confused. Um, so, um so for for halloween uh i've got two parties to attend i don't know what i'm gonna be for the one party because it's my parents party and usually the costumes that i do for that are always like me explaining to a bunch of adults what i'm just up as so i'm gonna try to just go with something that's easily recognizable for that but my tradition has always been for my friend's party that I would dress up as some character from like 90s nostalgia. Uh, so this year I am going to go as Camp Counselor Ugg from Salute Your Shorts. Uh, so I'm very excited for that. And I'm actually going to see a couple of movies in theaters, I think, this year. Uh, I just found out that a movie theater right next to where I work is doing a bunch of vintage horror movie screenings this year. Um, so Monster Squad, I might see a second time in the theaters because that's one of the movies they're screening. But two that they are definitely screening that I want to check out is the original Nightmare on Elm Street and Jaws, both which are movies I've always wanted to see on the big screen and never got to. So I might cross them off the uh, the old bucket list. That's pretty sweet. Yeah, no, I'm pretty stoked. I would love to see Nightmare on the big screen. Jaws, not so much, but I know how important Jaws is. Oh, yeah, no, Jaws is like, for me, I would rank as like one of the five best horror films of all time. But brings this up every time that we start talking about horror movies, but she saw uh, Nightmare on Elm Street in theaters when it first came out. And um, she's sitting in the theater, and the scene where she's talking on the phone, and Freddy's tongue comes through the phone and like licks her on the face. My mom turns to the girl next to her in the theater and goes, Would you have answered the phone? I wouldn't have answered the phone. (laughs) <laughs> and everybody in the theater was like, shut up! 
<laughs> well, I guess we know where you got your obnoxiousness from. Tell your mom that I'm going to pay tribute to her as I see the screening, and I'll yell that at whoever's sitting next to me when that scene happens. That. Please tribute my mother. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was waiting. Oh my god. Thank uh, you. Jesus. Anyway, thank you for listening to our Halloween episode for Little Monsters. But there's still a couple more days till Halloween. About three more days till Halloween, 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 three more days till Halloween, Silver Shamrock. And we are going to be releasing a bonus episode. We won't say what it is. Last year though, we did the Goosebumps episode Haunted Mask. So we've got Probably something in a similar vein coming up this year. So prepare yourselves. Don't be shocked. Don't be alarmed when you see another episode downloaded suddenly. It's that's what's supposed to happen. It's that's what's the plan. So don't be terrified. Fill you up. <laughs> don't be terrified when it happens. Um, don't forget that you can always contact us at hmnpodcast at gmail.com. You can visit our website at hmnpodcast.com. And you can always rate, review, subscribe, and all that good stuff on the iTunes and the SoundCloud and all the other different things. And make sure that you're checking out our Facebook page because that's where the real fun happens. That's, that's fucking horror movie night after dark. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, that's all I've got. You guys are great. Everybody's great. I love you guys. Halloween, Peace. Everybody. Happy Halloween. Well, wait, you'd save that for when we do... Happy Halloween, Scott! You've been lost in the woods for hours now, stumbling around in the dark. You come around the bend and see two people roasting marshmallows over a roaring fire. They see you coming into the clearing and gesture over to pull up a log. Welcome to Campfire Ashes. I'm Paul. And I'm Jess. Join us as we tell each other our originally written spooky stories around the campfire and then dive into the lore and legends that inspired them. Is it something that goes bump in the night? Is it something menacing lurking past the tree line? Or is it just weird and otherworldly? You'll find it here on Campfire Ashes. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, or right here on the Geekscape Network. Meanwhile, in New Jersey... So, Marissa, what talking points do you want to hit on in this week's episode? Well, Jackie, let's talk about how the film addresses the patriarchy. Ooh, and representation of marginalized people. Ooh, ooh, and even philosophical ramifications of good versus evil and horror. We can point out the triangle boobs, talk about the blood splatter... And, oh, the practical effects. Um, and also the male gaze. My gaze at the males. hi From feminism to fangirling, the Jersey Ghouls cover all the bases of horror from a woman's perspective. New episodes are uploaded every other Sunday. Just search Jersey Ghouls to find us on social media and your favorite podcasting app. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 